thank you for your presence today. Soul searching can be an unenviable task, particularly if we are unwilling to stand before God and see ourselves as He sees us. Are we truly living for Christ? Are we bearing witness of true salvation? Or are we just going through the motions without fruit that bears true conversion? Are we dealing with our spiritual deficiencies? Are we confessing and repenting of our sins and depending on God to strengthen us? Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander imparts wisdom to us today. If you are uh, disrespecting your your husband, you're teaching that girl to disrespect her future husband and vice versa. You know, all of that plays into the home. You respect that child's father, then how's that child going to respect him when they see you cussing him out? And, and snatching stuff and walking around not speaking. You teaching them to do the same thing to their children when they, and to their husband and wives rather, when they get married. Uh, number four, for married couples. Now we're to married couples. All right. If you're married, stand up. I want to see who y'all are. Stand up. You need to stretch anyway. Stand up if you're married. I know you don't want to hear it. Stand up and put a smile on your face. Smile. <laughs> Say, I am here. I am here. Okay, you may be seated since you're here. For married couples, is there a growing love, respect, trust, unity, and kindness in your marriage? Or is there nothing but more hurt, pain, Arguments, strife, pressure, and stress. I repeat it. I know you're writing so you can get it all down. Is there a growing love? You ought to be growing in your love toward one another. A growing love in your marriage. Is there respect in your marriage? Is there trust in your marriage, unity in your marriage, and kindness in your marriage? Or is there more hurt and pain? Man, so many marriages are in pain. Wives in pain. Husbands that are in pain. Arguments. Everything's an issue. Each one of you have a chip on your shoulder. Strife. Pressure. So thick you can cut it with a knife. And stress. That's why some of you don't want to come home from work. Ephesians 4.32 says, and be kind to one another. Wow. It's just nice to be nice. Niceness ought to start with your spouse. You ought to not be, some of you are more nice to other folk outside of the house than you are to your own husband or wife. Oh, good to hear your voice. Oh, what you want? <laughs> Be kind to one another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. If you can't forgive one another, ooh, you're headed down. Can't let go. Even as God and Christ forgave you. First Peter 3, 8 says, finally, all of you. Be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Compassion. One is hurting the other, the other is hurting. You know, somebody do something wrong after you told them, 
uh, the right way and they chose to do otherwise and only to discover you were right, don't wash their face with it. You know, say, hey, we're, we're always learning, aren't we? You know, ask God to teach you how to respond. You know, don't exalt yourself. You know, uh, love as brothers and sisters. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. Say courteous. Husbands, you ought to still be pulling that chair out for your wife. In the restaurants and wherever, unless you're sitting in the booth or something, it won't move. That's right. Sometimes you have to move the table because, you know, certain reasons. But, <laughs> but <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you may not be able to move the <laughs> you know, able to move the bench, but you got to move the table. <laughs> so, so be courteous. You know what it means. My, my wife washes my clothes and I go grocery shopping, things I do and things she, you know, she, she does. And when she washes my clothes and undergone, I still tell her when she's going to the drawer, I tell her thank you. I tell her thank you. I still tell her thank you. Every time I can think of it, I tell her thank you for the little things. How, how, how often do you say thank you to your spouse? They've been doing it so long, you just expect them to do it? You take them for granted? Men, women shouldn't be picking up your underwear all over the house, dropping stuff around. Your wife, excuse the English, your wife ain't your mama. Won't y'all say amen? Pick up behind yourself. That's right. She shouldn't be taking out the garbage. You, 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 you know, all this equality stuff is hurting how we ought to be treating our women. You know, women in combat and I, you know, and things they want to be down in the trenches with them and all this stuff. But you know what? It, it, uh, I, I know it's getting quiet right now and all that kind of stuff. I want to treat my wife like a lady. Amen. I'm, that's right. Won't y'all say amen? And you ought to want to be treated like a lady. You feminine. That's right. You know, she said, uh, uh, can you open this? And I open that. Jam- that made me feel so good when I can open something she can't open. <laughs> and I take it and it pops off. <laughs> Boy, I said. <laughs> we. <laughs> we are not. We do not have the same makeup. We are di- different physiologically. Huh? That's right. We're not supposed to be changing ourselves and making, if I'm a man, make myself into a woman, you're a woman, making yourself into a man, and they don't even know what restroom to go into. And all that foolishness. Trying to re- uh, educate your child into sexual orientation and, and all that kind of, That's none of the school's business. They ought to be teaching reading, writing, and arithmetic. That's right. Stick with the basics. Stick with the basic. And so uh, we exert our strength, men, and we, we, ought, we ought to have that strength. And uh, we ought to use it to be a blessing to our spouse. You know? And she drops something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to pick it up before she pick it up. 
You know, she's eating and I'm, I'm going to take the plates and I'm going to try to put it in as quick as I can, quickly as I can and wash and rinse and do all those things. Just because I'm pastor doesn't alleviate me from my responsibilities as a husband. I take out the trash. You know, unless she just know I'm just drained and tired, I'll wake up and she's already done it. And she's just giving me a break. But predominantly, I take out the trash. I I do those things. You know, I don't have to feed the dog anymore. (laughs) Precious is gone to heaven. Doggy heaven. (laughs) And when she went to doggy land, we didn't realize how bound we were. We are so free now. We don't have to worry about kennels. We don't have to worry about pet smart and dog nails and dog hair. It was a time dogs could stay outside and under the house. They didn't get sick and they didn't have medication and dog surgeries. And y'all understand that the nails weren't manicured. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And they would just bark all day and just as happy. Now you put these dogs outside, they catch the flu. <laughs> and, and you have the animal rights people coming to your house because you put them outside. <laughs> One time years ago, I came home and Precious was in the bed of my children. I said, what? I don't want dogs in the bed. Dogs barely in the house. And so and so forth and so on. But, you know, we did that. We had to, you know, when it rained and they tracking up the house and all that kind of stuff. But years ago, dogs didn't track up the house. They were outside. <laughs> outside. But, you know, and all I'm saying is that we have responsibility. And we need to play our role. And we're, all, we're growing in it. We have not arrived. I'm a long, I have a long ways to go and so do you. So do you. I have not arrived. Um, in other words, pride, selfishness, lack of respect, and trust is the root of the majority of problems in marriage. You, you, it goes back down to this pride. You, you can find pride that's killing marriages. Selfishness, self-centeredness, uh, disrespect, a lack of trust. Uh, is the majority of our problems in marriage. Let me see, can I do one or two more? I'm not going to finish this, but that's okay. Well, I thought I was going to finish today, but I said so much, uh, but that's okay. Uh, God just want me to take my time. Because when I be out of this series, then I'm done, right? Let me give you this one. Do you pray, kiss one another daily? Do you ever hold hands? When you're walking or do you just say hi and bye acting like roommates? Do you pray together? Do you kiss one another daily? Do you hold hands or do you just say hi, bye, acting more like roommates? Song of Solomon has a word for you, husbands and wives. Uh, Chapter one, verse two. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For your love is better than wine. 
Well, when, when love gets sweeter than wine, you know that's love. <laughs> Your love. Look at these kids laughing. That's right. And, and parents, don't be afraid to let these kids see y'all smooching on each other. That's healthy. Healthy than smooching on somebody that doesn't belong to you. Don't be flirtatious. That's right. Watch your eyes and your body language when dealing with the opposite sex. In some cases, the same sex. In this age, don't look at me like I'm crazy. It says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. That's sometimes when you ought to kiss her right in a smacker. My wife kissed me in the smack the other day, and I just said, wow! <laughs> they ain't gone. Right in the smack <laughs> I just said, that woke me up. Wow! That was, I, I had one word. One word. One word. And listen, you, there's nobody else outside of your marriage that you ought to be kissing in the mouth. Now look how quiet it got there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Matter of fact, watch kissing, period. Uh-huh. That's right. A whole lot can uh, uh, greet your brother with a kiss. But you can get in trouble. You better watch that. The Spirit of, Spirit of God better lead you and the Word of God. That's right. And your wife or your husband. <laughs> <laughs> So pray with, leave your spouse well kissed. That's why some of y'all fall to pieces when one of them died. You're trying to kiss the corpse. And they can't feel nothing. Kiss me now. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's romance. That's romance. I'm standing on this. So some of y'all ain't kissed in so long. Don't even hold hands. You, 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 you act like roommates. You know? And you ought not be on another couch somewhere when you get mad. We've been married all these years. We're going to be in that same bed, in the same place. That's right. We not, I'm not going to another couch. My bed is my bed. I'm not going to ever get mad at her, and I'm going to just get out and go sleep in another bedroom on the couch because I'm upset. You out of, you out of control. You are out of control. Control yourself. Let the Holy Ghost take control of your life. Let me go on. I do. Another one. Do you spend quality time with each other? Do you spend quality time with each other? First Peter 4, 8 says, and above all things have fervent love for one another. Do you spend quality time with each other? A sure sign of marital erosion is when you can enjoy being at work or with other people more than being with your spouse. I mean, you can stay at work to midnight. You do anything to keep from coming home. The gift of time is the most precious gift you can give your spouse as well as your children. Sure sign. Always gone. Never, never, rarely there. And when you're at home, you're trying to find out, you're trying to find a way to get out of the house. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Uh, Next, do you give gifts of love and appreciation to one another? Or do you often take each other for granted? 
Do you give gifts of love and appreciation to one another or do you often take each other for granted? Acts uh, 20, 35 B says, and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Do you faithfully serve each other without a hidden agenda? I mean, you, 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 you're being a blessing, but you got a string attached to it. Or do you sit around acting like a little king, a queen on the throne to be waited on hand and foot? Huh? Do you faithfully serve each other without a hidden agenda? Or do you sit around acting like a little king or queen on a throne to be waited on hand and foot? Philippians 2, 3, 4 says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. There ought to be humility in the marriage, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem the other better than themselves. It's not about you. And let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but the interest of others, starting with your spouse, starting with your husband, your wife. You see, my friends, servanthood cannot be done apart from humility. You have to humble yourself to be a servant. It helps us to seek the interest of the other. Servanthood builds the marriage. Servanthood strengthens the marriage. And it also keeps us from pride and self-centeredness. Galatians 5.13b says, but through love, serve one another. Serve one another through love. You know, get, don't try to get back at a person underhanded. You making the food deliberately taste bad. You know, you know, you doing little things underhanded. They don't know you getting them, but you getting them. You know, that's that. No, 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 no. Um, uh, uh, let me go. Uh, here's, here's a big one. You said, well, all of them big. Yeah, they are. Here, ooh, but this one really gets big. Are you high maintenance, demanding, bossy, and controlling? Or do you give your spouse freedom without pressure and sending them on a guilt trip? Are you high maintenance as a spouse, a husband or wife? You're demanding. You're bossy. You're always telling folk what to do. You're making decisions for everybody as if a person can't think for themselves. Controlling. That's usually a sign of insecurity within the person. Or do you give your spouse freedom without pressure and sending them on a give trip? For example, go go on. But they can see how you're saying that. Go on. You don't really want them to go on. Go on. Uh, I, I'll just do it myself. Oh, well, now, when you talk like that, you know this. <laughs> and you got to watch some of them laughs, too. <laughs> you know, they get choppy. There's no enthusiasm in that laugh. That's a laugh that say, you better watch out. So all, all laughter is not real laughter. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Do you give your husband or wife space and some me time? I mean, let them get alone by themselves without you in just smothering them with stuff. Putting every kind of gender. Face. I mean, a man can't get home and you giving them five things they need to do. Or the lady, vice versa, the wife. 
So me, my wife, you know, I'm not going to tell you what all her me time is. We public and television radio. So that's our business. But I give her some me time. That's right. And then I even go out and I buy her some me time where she can have some me time. Matter of fact, when she gets some me time, it can be better when it's your time. (laughs) You reap what you... Oh, Lord, I'm trying to get through. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord, help me. Help me. First Peter 3, 8b says, having compassion for one another, love his brother, be tenderhearted, and be courteous. Courteous. You know what? I think I'll just stop right here. This is a good place to stop. Are you Y'all want me to go on? Y'all want me to go on? Okay, let me, let me do two more then. Let me do two more. Okay. Let me do two more. Let me do two more. Two more. Two more. Okay. Some of y'all may wish I had a stop. Are you patient with your spouse or do you live on a short fuse? Have unresolved anger. And you're ready to erupt at any moment. Are you patient with your spouse? Or do you live on a, what kind of fuse? Short fuse. You have unresolved anger. And you're ready to erupt at any moment. Now for some marriages, eruption is a daily thing. I mean, they, they just cuss. If they're not cussing, they're they whining and complaining and griping. And the Bible says something about a, a griper. You know, you know I just go to Proverbs and they tell you about it. Um, Ecclesiastes 10, 12 says the words of a wise man's mouth are gracious, but the lips of a fool shall swallow him up. That's right. A short fuse. First um, Corinthians thirteen four a says, "Love suffers long and is kind; does not behave rudely." Some of you are so rude to your husband and wife. Such disrespect. I mean, some of you you can't be nice twenty four hours. Does not seek his own. It's not about you. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Always thinking evil on your spouse. You're looking with a spirit of suspicion. You know, you're always up to something about your spouse in your mind. Are you patient with your spouse or do you live on a short fuse having unresolved anger? And anger is a killer of of marriages. And truth be told, some of you have been angry too long. Some of you brought this anger from your past on over to your marriage. And some of you, you're hard to deal with at church because because of what's going on at the house. That's right. Things are not right at the house, so you just defer your anger everywhere else. And what I'm saying to you is you need to ask God to remove that anger so that you can be blessed and your family can have some peace. Anger will kill you and it will destroy your family. 
That's right. It is deadly. And the truth be told, some of you have been angry far too long over something your husband or wife did and that y'all really should be over by now. Perhaps you said you forgive him, but you keep bringing it up and bringing it up and bring, washing his face or washing her face. Listen, you have made mistakes too. You who are without sin, you cast the first stone. None of us are perfect. We've all sinned. We've all said something we shouldn't have said, done something we shouldn't have done. When are you going to let it go for the sake of your own spiritual sanity and physical sanity? When you remain in a state of anger, you give Satan a tremendous foothold to destroy you, to destroy your children, and say some of the most damnable things to your children that they'll live with for the rest of their lives long after they've left your home. Long after they left your home. And I don't care how you apologize and you may mean it, but you can't get it back. You can't get it back. Learn from it. And say, I'll never handle that way, that thing that way again. And all God's children said, Father, we thank you for the word. Thank you for this message. I tried to get through, but... uh, could not. Lord, help the family. As confessed believers in the only true and living God, we miss out on countless blessings due to our lack of faithfulness, obedience, and service. The Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Everything we need is at our disposal. When will we trust God enough to believe and depend on His Word? If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.